Coming up on this episode of Globe Rider with Tony, we're talking about getting curious about life, getting curious about what makes you tick or what kind of interest can you pick up on right now and learn about and how that actually helps you Globe Rider. Stay tuned as we discuss all that and more. Welcome to another episode of Globe Rider with Tony. I'm Tony, your host, and today we're talking about curiosity. Curiosity, getting curious with life, getting curious with each other, um, getting curious with knowing more things and more knowledge. I think one of my original reasons for starting this podcast and in general, like something I try to lead by on a day-to-day basis is really learning something new. I am a constant student of life, as we all are. That's how we even glow brighter, is by taking in our experiences, taking in the mindset, our interactions with people, our interactions with media, our interactions just with anything in general, and applying that to our own lives. And getting curious about, why am I responding this way? What is triggering me? Or is this really my ego talking? Or is this something else? Is this something else coming out of me? And I've learned, you know, funny things, right? Whenever you are in high school or junior high or middle school, and that's many years ago, you know, many, many years ago, we were talking the other day and I did not know anything about the World War II or World War I. I mean, I did. I know the basic concept. I know the basic overview, right? But there's many things I didn't know. And this came up when playing Trivial Pursuit. Have y'all played that old school game in a long time? I love it. I love games, number one, and I love trivia, and I love learning anything. But what's crazy is my highest topics in Trivial Pursuit is entertainment, music, pop culture, and arts and literature, which are things that I really gravitate towards that I really like. So those are like my top ones. And sure, I don't have to know everything, but whenever there's questions on some of the history, we were playing with my dad around Christmas and he has just like this wealth of knowledge that's in there. I know a lot of people that are older in our audience will always say, oh, I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything. And I'm like, but you've lived through all this stuff. Like, of course you remember things. Of course you know what's happening. I don't remember anything. I remember going to Vietnam and I visited there, how many years ago was that? I guess four years ago, because that was 2018. And I was there and I really didn't know a lot about the Vietnam War. And when we were there in Shanghai, we had read, not Shanghai, my, my apologies, in Ho Chi Minh City, we went to the Vietnam Memorial museum and read all about the perspective and what had happened and what was going on during that time. And I had no clue. And that was really like only in the sixties and early seventies that that happened, which is not that long ago, relatively. There's so much knowledge out there that I feel we sometimes as students of life, like I don't ever want to be where I'm just walking through life and not wanting to learn more. And I think that speaks to our Globe Rider community 
where all of us are seekers of knowledge and we all want to learn more. And the reason why is because you want to glow brighter. You want to continue expanding, evolving, aligning with your truer sense of purpose and who you are. And that is so incredible. It's so incredible. So when we go back to the high school, middle school thing, and we were playing Trivial Pursuit, I remember saying that I didn't learn any of this in high school. I didn't learn any of the history. And they're like, how could you not learn any of this in high school? How, how did you get through your actual classes and not know anything? You've taken so many histories. Tony, you're well-read. You know all these things. And I was like, first, stop shaming me, number one. <laughs> like, Stop judging me because I realized that. Maybe because when I was younger, I was not a seeker of historical knowledge. I didn't really want to know. Maybe that's half of it. And then the other half was, and I say this lovingly, so I say this lovingly, most of my high school history teachers, our middle school teachers, were coaches whose primary thing was coaching, and their second thing was secondary was teaching. And a lot of them back in that day, not that that's so far along, but we just read the textbook. We had that thing called popcorn You know, whenever you read out loud as a whole class and then you say popcorn and you just call on somebody else in the class and they have to pick up. And if you didn't, the teacher, the coach would be like, oh, you have to go to detention or you have to write extra things or you have more homework. So I would always read like ahead so I would know when they would probably like call on me because one... I don't like saying the wrong word in public. I've worked on this a lot. As you'll know on the podcast, I mispronounce things all the time and I've just gotten to the point where that's okay. But I was saying like that was my literally historical in history, the way that I learned history, which means I didn't really regurgitate anything. I read it, answered the questions for the test, and then I was done with it. I didn't have all of these extra experiences to give weight to what was going on. And then now in my adult life, I'm curious. We watched this documentary on HBO Max and it's about World War One, and it's called Apocalypse and it's talking about how the World War One started. And I was fascinated because I didn't know half of the things. I didn't know what the sides were. Like I learned about the French army had really poor use of their uniforms and were really not equipped whenever they started World War One, or went involved in World War One. Then when they came back out to watch in the German side, they would actually like see how advanced they were and then mimic them. And these are things I didn't know. I didn't know all the regime of what was going on over there. So I was curious. And of course, I wanted to learn more. That is the beauty of life, I think. And if you're walking through life like aimlessly and you're like, oh, I'm so bored, I don't have anything to do, I say, get curious. What interests you? What's something that excites you? What is something that takes you on and you're like, man, I really need to learn more about that. Or I would like to learn more about that. And I can guarantee you there's either a podcast or there's a lot of articles or YouTube if you're into that. There's just so much that we can learn if you really would like to. So get curious, get curious. Come back, we're gonna talk about all the things that I'm curious about and maybe give you a little bit of insight that maybe you'll wanna look into as well and go on this Globe Rider journey with me. Stay tuned, we're coming back in a few minutes. 
things that I'm currently curious about. I just did a deep dive with some of my girlfriends and we went into the Enneagram. And I don't know if a lot of you know about the Enneagram, but if you do, I, you know, just bear with me as I get through this. I am a big lover of personality tests, self-discovery, self-reflection, like how I relate to other people, how I can relate with their personality, you know, different things. And I love learning about it because I learn so much. It's just a framework or a language that can help me be more responsive, be wondering why they're not responding in a certain way and how I can, you know, know if I know their type. So the Enneagram, and I took this from the Enneagraminstitute.com. They also have a free test on there. There is The Art of Growth, which is a really great podcast. And their website also has a free Enneagram test. So if you're interested, go there and find out what you are. And if you're like me, you might not love all your traits of your type, which I think is pretty consistent. So basically the Enneagram is a set of nine distinct personality types with each number on the Enneagram denoting one type. Basically with the Enneagram, it is common to find yourself in all of them, although one of them stands out closest to you as yourself. And this is your basic personality type. Everyone emerges from childhood with one of the nine types dominating their personality. But like I said, we all have inborn traits. So of course you might be exhibiting a different number at any one time, but from birth, we are all born with a dominant type. So there's some things that people that I've learned about the Enneagram is you do not change from one basic personality test to the other. The descriptions of the personality tests are of course universal and they apply equally to males and females. And not everything in the description of your basic type will apply to you at all times because you fluctuate constantly, right? We fluctuate based on our health, on the healthy average and unhealthy traits of that number. And it's just a framework, like I said. The numeral ranking of the types is not significant. So if somebody's a type one, that doesn't make them the best ever. It just means that that's where they fall on this chart, just like our astrology. If you're into astrology, Aries doesn't mean it's like they're the number one. It just means that they're the first one in the cycle of the astrological cycle. And that's how they restart on the seasons. So it is really interesting to learn about the Enneagram. And with those nine types, there's just different things that come up. So I'll just briefly list the nine. And if you want more information, go for it. Because I find it was so cool to do this with a group of people and to find out their numbers and to find out how they are. And it just brought a new awareness. So that was getting curious with my friends and wanting to dive deeper. So if you're number one, you're the reformer, our perfectionist, and it's basically, they describe them as being principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and a perfectionist. Type two is generous, demonstrative, people-pleasing, and possessive. They're also called the helper. Type three, the achiever, is adaptable, excelling, driven, and Im image constants. Number four, the individualist. They are expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Five is the investigator. They're perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Number six is the loyalist. They're engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Number seven is the enthusiast. So they're spontaneous, versatile, um, and scattered. 
Type eight is the challenger and they're self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And number nine is the peacemaker is receptive, reassuring, complacent, and resigned. So as you can see, even though you have one basic dominant type, you still can like feed off of all those other ones. We don't, are not just like stuck in that type. But how that was really cool, and I mentioned this with my group of friends, is I am a type two, the helper. And I have resisted that type typing because there's a lot to that number when I just said that there's like a healthy and average and an unhealthy way of being. I was an unhealthy type two, and that's what I learned about myself. Through the pandemic, and I guess probably in 2019 on, I really moved into a more healthy space and asking for my needs and boundaries and really glowed up in that area. So every number has something specific to them that they're working on or that they do. And it's a framework, it's a really cool framework. So if you love personality tests, if you love learning about more people and how you relate to others and how they relate to you, this might be something to really explore. It's the Enneagram. So get curious with me and let me know what your type is. I would love to know. I love learning about this. And like I said, that podcast, The Art of Growth, is a really great one to, they have panels of people and they come in and talk about it. And so you get curious about learning and then you start thinking about like people in your life, like your family members, your friends, your significant others, your brothers, your parents. You try to figure all that out and the thing with the girlfriends that I did this with is a lot of us, a lot of them are, some of them are in their heads, which is a head type. And it's funny because the way they process when I listened to the panels and we all discussed it was different than the way I processed. And so sometimes when I'm perceiving from them is not because they're being resistant or whatever. It's just the way their basic chemistry is lined up and how they have to maneuver through versus how I have to maneuver through. Not one is better than the other. They're all just together in a really great way. So the Enneagram was something I really got curious about over this pandemic. I've known about it probably, I read about everything. So I probably knew about it in college. And then when stuff needs to appear to you, this is in life. When stuff needs to come to you, it comes. Or when it needs to come out, it will come out. And that's one of the things about getting curious is maybe you have read something or something you wanted to change or triggered you and you're like, I'm not ready to deal with that right now. That's okay. You just house it. And then when it's ready to come out, you're ready to like maneuver and take it out to drive. Take it out to drive. So I've learned about the Enneagram. So I've done history and the Enneagram. And then something else that I've been doing is one of my goals for 2021, I'm a reader. I love to read. I'm in a book club. We're reading Untamed now by Glennon Doyle, and we're going to meet probably next week and discuss this book. And, and, it's, and it's also getting curious to learn how other people think, and it's getting curious to learn about this book and how that applies to your life. And different books are chosen by different people. This was my selection for this month. And I'm curious to see what, how that result is going to be, how, a, how the discussion is going to go, and what kind of things go off from it. Because the only way in life that we can grow and glow is by being curious about another person's point of view. I watched this, I'm going to go back to my original point, but I, I watched this documentary and it was The Soul of America. And it was by this writer who wrote for Newsweek. I'm blanking on his name right now. John, 
something, but he was talking about the soul of America. Like everything that's happening right now in American history, like live that we're watching on our television screens and everything has already happened in our history. So in order to grow is we have to look back at our past and see how we are maneuvering in our future and look at how things were handled and how they've gone differently. And it was very fascinating. So he compared that to the good angels. Like our good angels are things that we know that we're going to go after and seek and be and do. And then there's that other side of our personality that I think he called the dark side, where it's the stuff that gets exposed and brought up and things that we're, we have to look at ourselves as, as people, as Americans, as what's going on in our life that has happened in our history and really explore it and see how it's gonna go forward. And he was saying that our history is really a building block of what's gonna come. So that's a little deviation, but that brings me back to my first original segment when I talked about history. And it was getting curious to know what that is. So when in 2021, I decided to set goals, y'all know this, I'm a big goal person, a big rallied up, and I wanted to read classical novels. There was so much I didn't read and there's so much I don't know. As a reader, I wanna have this frame of reference of things for the history. So when I'm telling you all these things I'm interested in, aside from the Enneagram, but I don't expect you to have to get curious about them, but I would like to say like what lights you up. And so for me, one of the things was reading and I looked up all these classical novels and I thought, I wanna know these, why these are considered such classics? Why are they historical? Why do they apply to life? And what is the writing style? And I have read one every month. And right now I'm reading reading um, For Love in the Time of Gloria. I don't think I said that right. Um, but the author is Gabriel. I need to go back. So the next segment I will come back and clean this up. But I find it so fascinating that the writing styles and what's going on, and I can see why these were classical novels. So I've done The Lord of the Flies, 1984, and Catcher in the Rye. And right now I'm doing the one that I just said. And so it's giving me a different lens to view things because I'm usually after fiction or self-help and I read those like nobody's business. But I thought maybe I should change it up to learn more. So get curious, get curious. It could be the Enneagram or any personality types. If you find a cool one that you want me to do, please DM me, please send it to me. I love this. And if getting curious is reading classical novels, send me some things, but getting curious, get curious about life. I kind of highlighted this in the last segment when before I was going off on my tangents on the Enneagram and classical novels, but I think the real reason to get curious about life or curiosity about life is because when things feel so isolating, like the pandemic, or when you see so much strife in the media with everything that is going on in not just the media, but in life of what's happening in our society and what's breaking down, one of the things that the soul of America said is to get curious and ask questions. The only way that we can really move forward in any in any situation is really honestly to get curious about what makes someone else's opinions or how that shapes their views and values. And in that documentary, it really talked about coming it from that angle. There's really, we're not really ever going to change our minds about what we're feeling or thinking at the time, but to feel that we are heard and understood is 
one of the best things that we can give somebody. And through that process, it might help to open up the lens of the other person maybe shifting a bit and coming not so being so stuck on their sides. And therefore, maybe you too like can see how a different perspective is there. Getting curious is probably one of the greatest things that we have in our life where we can really learn and grow with each other. And when we're curious about life, there's never time for I'm bored or I don't know what I'm doing. And it can just be getting curious about stillness if that's important for you to do meditation and yoga. I know I do. It's just getting curious about just sitting there and being and soaking in all the wonderful things that are happening. So it doesn't have to be some extravagant, you're going down a rabbit hole, or if you do, that's awesome because we know I go down tons of them. That's why I'm constantly in all of these things. But also too, it's just getting curious with journaling with yourself and wondering why this is coming up from you. I think our... In our life, we have a lot of triggers that come up. And one of the things that I'm learning in my program that I'm in is what is coming up for me? Is this really ego-driven? Like, why is this trigger coming and what can I learn from it? And that approach makes me curious in a different way, not just about topics per se, as in the last segments, but just getting curious about why is this coming up for me? And what is something in my system that I still need to heal or I still need to work on or that I need to release? And it doesn't have to be so deep all the time. But if I can guarantee you, if the same thing is coming up for me over and over and I haven't evaluated or look at why it's coming up for me and why I'm feeling that way or what does that remind me of, then I'm doing myself a disservice because I'm not getting curious about learning myself deeper are wanting to go deeper and then therefore improving and enhancing my relationships with others and even with myself. And as we've always highlighted in this podcast, your greatest relationship is with yourself. And therefore, whenever you have that relationship of curiosity, when you're trying to figure out these things, it only helps you enhance and be a better partner, a better mother, a better father, a better aunt, a better grandparent, whatever the case might be, or just a better you in general. And there's never a loser when it comes to that. There's not. It might be shitty to uncover some stuff whenever you're getting curious and why this is coming and you have to work through it. But the result is it helps you have, keep your brain young, keep your mind active, and just ultimately enhances your life. And that's the real beauty of being curious about anything. Like being curious with your friends if you wanted them to all to take your personality tests or just learn about their types and discuss it. It only enhances and makes your relationships go deeper. And it just brings about this whole new level of clarity and just feeling heard, feeling seen, feeling understood. And don't we all want to have or feel like we've been understood or heard or validated or appreciated? I know that's very important for me. I, I want someone to hear me when something or I have learned that one of my deepest desires of my heart is to feel that I am valued, that I'm wanted, you know, all of these things that come up. And these are things that I've learned by reading, that I've learned by listening to 
podcasts about different types are just reflecting on different instances that come up for me. It's that curiosity that you bring is just the greatest gift that you can give yourself and give others. And even when you're in relationship with others, like I said earlier, is it just gives you this deeper understanding of someone. And what's more more than that? I'm going to leave you guys with this fun little word association game. And I'm sure maybe you've played it before. I'm not sure if you have or haven't, but I'm pretty sure you have. So it's a Freudian fun three-question quiz. So in your head, you can do this really quickly. And I'll leave little pauses at the end. So there's going to be three questions. And you can just say them out loud in your car when you're listening. Or write it down if you're a writer. Either way. What's your favorite animal? And then you're going to list... Three adjectives are three reasons why. And I'll let you do that now. And it's the first thing that pops into your head, just the first animal. Number two, what's your favorite article of clothing? And list three reasons and adjectives why. And then the last, What's your favorite body of water? And list your three reasons or adjectives why that is. What did you come up with? What were your three favorites? I'll go for mine. What was your favorite animal? Mine's a dog. And I love them because they're loyal, affectionate, and just always by your side. My favorite article of clothing is a dress, a red dress. And why? Because I feel empowered, vibrant, and happy. And my favorite body of water is a river because it's soothing, always changing, and relaxing. Well, relaxing and soothing are the same, but that's the three. What were yours? And here's the meanings, right? So you want to get curious about yourself or get curious about somebody else and you want to do these icebreakers, do it. So your favorite animal is the way you view yourself. How did you view yourself? Did you view yourself in a favorable light? Did you view yourself in a not so favorable light? Either or, there's no right or wrong answers here. Your favorite piece of clothing is how others perceive you. So what was that like? What did you pick? And then the last thing is your favorite body of water. And that's how you view your relationships, your intimacy with them. What came up for you? That just is an easy curiosity way to know somebody, what they think about themselves, how others see them, and how they view relationships. And it's just real quick. You got curious. You asked just real simple questions. Get curious about life. Let me know what you're curious about because I can guarantee you that I'll probably deep dive and go on that rabbit hole with you and try to figure out what's going on. I mean, I love it. So curiosity does not kill the cat. Curiosity just enhances you, makes you glow brighter, and helps you have deeper, meaningful relationships with others. Friends, I hope you have the most beautiful rest of your week. I hope it is filled with all the abundance, love, knowledge that you need and that you feel validated, heard, and understood. And I hope that you get curious about something and that you spark a spark in your brain of something that just, maybe just something you were curious about or something that you read and you're like, oh, I need to look at that further. If you're having problems figuring out what that is, just look at what you like and then just deep dive from there. 
Have a beautiful week. We'll see you back here next week where we discuss another topic and more. Friends, stay connected with me. Follow me on Instagram at Globe with Tony, or you can check out my website at www.tonyapple.com. That's spelled T O N I A P P E L T. Thanks so much.